Oh man, I was just telling her how much pressure there is on me. Um, and and let me just tell you, there's a couple of good reasons for this, and I'm going to kind of tell you about that in advance. Okay, so today's guest, her background involves personality and Christian radio. It's a lot more than just being on the radio, being relational, being a Christian on the radio. This person is a coach. She has a podcast. She knows how to motivate people. And and that's phenomenal. But for me, she also speaks to teach. And we might talk about that a little bit, too. So you can tell with all these skills that she's got, you know, I mean, she has her own podcast, all this other stuff. Ah, so much pressure on me. So I just will ask that you think kind thoughts. Now, look, if you're like me, you're going to like her immediately upon meeting her. I mean, it'll be like immediate. This sounds like exactly the kind of person that we really like to talk to on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our goal is always the same, encourage radio pros at all levels. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we drop a fresh weekly episode featuring a radio pro right now. And we do it every Sunday. To enjoy our podcast, you only have to be interested in others. Be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead, and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. Each and every week, this is what is so exciting about this. Each week, we have an opportunity to really see a snapshot of an individual in our business right now. It also allows us to see radio from a different perspective, a different career arc, maybe than yours or mine, and hear how they're embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I am with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves RPC. We work on both sides of the ball, so to speak. Our practice literally helps local radio generate higher ratings and higher revenue. It's just this simple. When we go to work for a client and they follow our collaborative process and strategy, their revenue and their profit margin rises. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Do you have enough ideas? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned to collect the most money today in your local market? Do you need better sales recruitment strategy? We can help you schedule a meetup by email. It's easy. First consultation is free. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We are just a moment away from welcoming uh, a, a guest I've been excited about for a while, Lisa Williams. She is the network talent coach for Northwestern Media and so much more. A big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available minutes after we record the live interview. Uh, we actually sling it out in social media so people become aware of our show, our podcast. Really, for the first time, it's most likely that they hear about it through social media. And then they discover, oh, my gosh, they've got all these podcast episodes that you can get on your smartphone. Kind of cool. Uh, thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. By the way, you can see what you could get for free from our team in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com, including our encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local series. And right now, let's see what we can uh, actually learn, steal, 
uh, organized from this week's guest. Lisa, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? Um, I feel so special by your introduction. I was feeling kind of lousy. I was just, you know, doing laundry today. Oh. And I feel like a special person, so I'm doing good. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I talked to Kathy Matea once. I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, when I talked to her, she was at home. She's doing laundry. So you're in good company. You can look <laughs> her up later if you need to. Uh, I will say this. Uh, whether you're doing laundry or something else, I already you and I have not known each other for very long. I, I can tell you right now, I know you're special. So uh-huh. let's start at the greatest <laughs> place to start with you. Tell us. Where are you from originally? And can you tell us really about that first experience you can remember as a radio listener? Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. I am from Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, have you have you ever been there, Lloyd? <laughs> uh, are you making a joke? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have been to Shreveport. Yes, yes I have. have. <laughs> yeah, Shreveport. I know you... Um, did some incredible things in radio there. I was born there and raised there, lived there for 17 years. And uh, with my mom and dad, same parents, same house, just had a kind of a stable childhood. Um, my first memory of radio, I've got two that are really strong. One is seeing the clock turn to five. It was like five o'clock in the car and everyone in my car going, Paul Harvey's about to start. Paul Harvey. And mom, we all sat in the car and kind of stared at the radio and listened to Paul Harvey. I remember that. Um, I must have been pretty little. And then I just remember listening to Chicken Man in the mornings on the way to school. I was so excited about hearing Chicken Man. All right. So uh, I feel like, uh, you know, you see it on NBC News sometimes or whatever. It's like, for clarification, you know, we own so-and-so subsidiary. So I feel like I need to say for anyone listening We have two people on the podcast, the host, that's me, and Lisa, our guest, and we're both from Louisiana, so you have been warned. (laughs) On this podcast, we value lifelong learning and education in all forms. Uh, I'm going to need your help here, but I'll try it, okay? Could you talk to us about... uh, Washita Baptist University? Washita. Yeah, that's what I was going. That was going to be my second guess. Can you tell <laughs> us about your time there? And and back then, was your was your goal radio or not? Yeah, um, I started going to church uh, when I was a teenager and really got on fire for God. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was going to go to Baylor. A lot of my friends were going to Baylor, which is a big oh, Baptist yeah. college in Waco. And um, but when I visited the campus, I didn't really feel it. So someone had mentioned Washita Baptist was like little Baylor. So I went up there and I studied music. I was really into singing, uh, really into music, loved listening to the radio, but had never thought of doing radio. So I studied music for one year in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, oh. which sounds like a really big town, but it was a really small town. Um, and then while I was there, I met and fell in love with a graduating senior who was ROTC going to Germany. So I moved to Germany when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What was that like? That had to be culture shock. Big time. Having been in the same home with the same parents, you know, my whole life and one year in college. And then I'm in Germany. It was it was awesome. And it was hard. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I barely knew him and suddenly I'm in a foreign country. So it was a time where I learned how to make my way. You know, I don't speak the language. I'll figure it out. I mean, I cried for a week and then I rolled up my sleeves, you know, let me learn German. Let me make friends. And it, it probably taught me how to be resilient. Um, Wait a minute. Are you serious? You learn German? I learned enough to shop and be mistaken. That was my game every day to be mistaken for a German. Oh, that's okay. I like that. That's a good play. game if you're in Germany, right? <laughs> let's, let's play. Let's be mistaken for a German. Uh, so I wasn't shaving my pits and I was well, carrying loaves of bread. Under yeah, my all of this is really good because it helps us get a vision for how you kind of came into your own. And it shows a vulnerability, too, which we, you know, I mean, look, in today's world, everybody's doing impression management and social media. You don't get to see that vulnerability. But I am yeah. grateful that you shared that with us. So, listen, years ago, let's call it back in the old days, could you have seen yourself as a talent coach? Uh, n- no, I never really had that. those thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to be a singer. I was praying because I got to sing on somebody's record. I heard my voice on the record and I just had this sinking feeling that this was the plan for my life that I had created. So while praying for about three weeks, I prayed and I heard, I heard Christian radio. I heard it outside Mm. my body in in the room. So then all I did, all I knew to do, Lloyd, was to pursue Christian radio. So we got stationed at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and I found a Christian station at the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, don't get ahead of me because I'm about to party on that right there. Okay. So the answer to the question is all I knew to do was do radio. And it wasn't till later when a consultant named Alan Mason Mm-hmm. asked me to coach someone you know he's like hey can you help this woman and I was like that sounds like fun and then I just wanted to coach everyone and so I was kind of obnoxious with it for a while but I would give secret notes to my PD like here's what I think you need to work on with this person don't tell him I said so so I kind of had this once I tasted it um, which was pretty early on for me once I tasted it mm-hmm. I really enjoyed coaching but I didn't even really know that that was something that I could do I got to tell you, having met you and talk with you and seen you speak a little bit, I, I really think, isn't God amazing that God can put you in a place that you don't expect and boom, you can blossom. So, so listen, did your journey, your radio journey as a personality begin in the show me state, which I think we're going to get a yes. Can you talk about five plus years doing afternoons on spirit FM radio? What did you learn in that job? Dude, it feels like a four lifetimes ago, but 21 years old had heard Christian radio while praying. Oh, I've got tears in my eyes right now. Just talking about it. I walked in the door, July, 1990 said, I'll clean I'll clean your bathrooms. I'll sweep. I'll answer your phones. I just want to be in the building. And so after talking to them for two days, they said, we want you on the air. I was like, no, I don't know how to do that. Please just let me answer your phones. And they said, no, we think you should be on the air. So I met them on Monday. um, And on Thursday, I started doing afternoons. Um, I did that for five years. I was the PD when I stopped. What did I learn? I learned it was like this crazy marriage of it was Christian radio. So I loved Jesus so much and mm-hmm. would have done anything. Uh, I just felt that he was so real and I felt s- 
so much commitment to him. But I love techie. Always have been really techie since I was really little. Love techie stuff. And then I love people. So it was this crazy marriage of all these things coming together. Um, I learned that you can really have an impact on people's lives through radio because you'd meet Absolutely. people. They'd repeat back what you said and you meet people and they cry. You meet people. They're like, I feel like you're my best friend. And you're like, wow, radio is dynamic. Mm, this is the secret. It's not the live and local thing that you hear so much. It's the relation. What would you, I don't even know if that's a word, the relationality of being on the radio and making that connection and personalities are really the connector to radio brands for consumers of all kinds. Listen, this is so much fun. You just put down a marker for in your words, techie. I'm going to circle back to that in a minute, but first, but first, (laughs) <laughs> September, September 1995, you became a station manager. By the way, I did not know that you became a program director before you left that first job, but you became the station manager of KCWN in Pella, Iowa. So I'm keeping up. Here we are over in Missouri. We were in Germany, we're in Missouri. Now we're over in Iowa. You did mornings. And, and I want to know, was this a station launch? And also, what was the thing you think that made you trustworthy become the station manager so early on and who put you in that position that's a lot of questions yeah it's it's so fun to answer these questions thank you for having me as a guest this is good for good for my soul uh yeah so we were we were having our first batch of marriage problems and he got out of the Mm -hmm. military and took a job in pella and I cried so much. I, I, I had trouble walking through the threshold of the Missouri station, KCVO. I didn't want to leave. Um, but I left and we went up to Pella and it was Labor Day 1995. And on the Tuesday morning after Labor Day, I said my prayers. I dried my tears and I went to the local Christian bookstore and I walked in and just said, hi, I just moved to town. I don't have any friends. Will you be my friend? And They said, well, what have you been doing with your life? And I said, Christian radio. And they froze. And they said, we have been praying that God would send someone. There's a station trying to launch. We're going to introduce you to the the president or whatever. And I was like, what? I was kind of a broken little chicky at at that time in my personal life. But I was kind of hiding all of it. And it was perfect because I went to meet them and they hired me to the station needed to launch. It needed to be programmed. It needed to be staffed. It needed all the things. And so it was a, I was able to just pour myself into it. 12 hour days. Let's get this, let's get this bad boy launched. And so we launched in October and I did mornings. I was on from six to 12 and there was another person on from 12 to six. And then I started hiring and recruiting my friends to come and help me. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I did that for six months, six cold months. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, what a great story. Again, we get to say, isn't it amazing what God can do? And and you you can always look back and go, oh, that's how that works, right? Yeah. My yeah. info says 1998, you started hosting mornings on Z88.3. Yes. Uh, is this in Orlando, right? Yes. All right. Now tell me about that job. Yes. How that came to be and what 
it was like doing mornings in the land of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, uh, when we left, he he'd lost his job. We so we left Iowa, and then we were nomadic for a while. Ended up in North Carolina. Then they transferred him to Florida, and mm-hmm. I was so excited to get to Florida. Uh, there was a legendary Christian station in Lakeland. I, I was I just knew I was going to work for them, and they had signed off the air about a month before I got there. It's brokenhearted. W C I E was the call letters. And so I was just trying to find my way. I sold real estate, you know, just trying to figure it out and then heard about the Z. So I applied. They had mornings, middays and promotions open. So I applied for all three. I got all three. So I was doing mornings, tracking middays and doing promotions. A couple of weeks, I stopped doing promotions. I'm just not detail oriented. It's not my gig. So I was Mm -hmm. doing mornings and middays for a couple of years. And then they hired a, a live middays person. But how it was just it was so good because. I loved God and I had worked in radio, but this was the place where I started to learn the art of radio, working with uh, a programmer who'd been in secular radio, who really loved radio. Um, They hired a consultant who I just started to learn the art of focus and uh, music choices. And uh, it was an electric time in my life. Um, at, at one point, our, our our ratings were really low and I, I just became so driven, like on that morning show, we're going to be top five in Target. And then we were number five in Target. I'm like, OK, we're going to be number one in Target. And then we were number one in Target. I'm like, here we go. You know, it's it's just like, uh, you know what I used to do, Lloyd? I Boy. would tape I would tape all the morning shows that were one through five in Target uh, on a cassette. And then I would drive around after my show and just listen to them. Really? What are they doing that we're not doing? You know, and please, everyone listen to what she just said, (laughs) because I mean, look, there's a lot of different ways to do something. That's a pretty cool way to do it. Yeah. Just just try to figure it out. It was just learning, 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 learning. And so we had a lot of success. We had rating success. We won lots of contests, all that stuff. Um, So, yeah, I I ended up working there for 10 years or four and a half years on mornings. Uh, took a break, went up north, but then I ended up coming back and doing afternoons there. Well, listen, just as an aside, because you talk with such passion and fire, and this is this incredible time in your life, I just want to point out something that's kind of interesting. And I'm going to do it with telling you an experience I had once where I was working for iHeart and I get a phone call from somebody way up and they said, I'm going, you know, I'm over here major, major market. And we're going to flip one of our stations, Christian. And I said to them, I said, well, who is going to be the driving force in the building? And they said, I don't, what do you mean? And I said, well, somebody has lived the lifestyle. And they said, oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. We've got the best tested music. It's going to be incredible. We'll have the best liners on. And I said, I don't think that's going to work. And they said, well, you you don't know what you're talking about. They launched the station and six months. It was another format. Mm -hmm. Uh, It really takes being in that lifestyle, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking surprise. surprise. Yeah. Don't even get me going. I don't even talk about it that much, but I feel it in my bones that it's a format where. 
And there's, and we could, we could probably have the same discussion about all the formats, but in Christian, you know, you're talking about someone who um, has a relationship with God, believes in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, has a, yes. has a growing, um, evolving relationship with God, and then is willing to artfully um, express that yeah, to create connection and hunger in others. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. without that, it's just plastic flowers. Right. And we all know that plastic flowers look good, but they're uh, not exactly the same thing. (laughs) So so listen, you eventually switched to afternoons in 2003. You were on uh, and and you were on Z88.3 until 2007. Now, I think I know, but I got to ask what brought on the shift to afternoons and Man, I'm going to slip this in here. Do you like doing mornings? Do you like doing afternoons? Do you, you just like all of it? What is going on with you? <laughs> uh, what is going on with me? Uh, yeah. So I was, we were infertile for 20 years. Um, and uh, I, I made the decision that I was tired of it. And I, I tried to adopt and it fell through. It, it was just really me trying to figure it out. And I got tired of waiting on God and, you know, um, I'm tired of waiting on God. I did. I I, I took oh. matters in my own hands and well, and the whole adoption fell through. And so I, I just wanted to get out of Orlando because I'd been very vulnerable. We had a consultant that said radio was open heart surgery and I was very vulnerable about all of it. So when I came back without a baby, I just felt so sad and broken. Oh, so no. there was an opening up in Jersey. Um, Star 99.9 was all right. Don't get too far along there because that's my next question. Well, then let me answer the question on the table. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I liked afternoons because I could sleep and I could sleep. You know what I'm saying? And I enjoyed and and I'm grateful and I'm not trying to brag. This is just data. You know, we went to number one in Target in afternoons because it was fun to kind of figure out what afternoon listeners need. And then, to yeah, it's different and it's kind of a cool vibe. Yeah. Um, being a friend, being someone who kind of gets them from A to B, being the person who helps them shake off the day and get ready for the best part of the day. And I just I I, I liked afternoons. It, it was a, it was my favorite time. It was a real healing time in my life. Um, yeah. So. All right. So listen, <laughs> I love this part. You helped launch a new format. W-A-W-Z in New Jersey slash New York on what's called Star 99.1. And look, there's a theme here. You did mornings first. How much fun was that? And how different was that from Iowa, Missouri, or even Orlando? Yeah, great question. Um, so, So after the failed adoption, it was just, it felt good to get out of Dodge. Um, I, I wasn't there very long. Everyone else had done all the work on that one. People had done all the work. It was just ready to flip. And they were looking for, like you said, somebody who had, who was living the lifestyle, who had a lot of passion. And so uh, I felt like a fish out of water to answer your question. I'm just a Southerner who could adapt to Midwest pretty easily. Who could adapt most everywhere. I didn't feel like I was from Jersey. I felt like I was in a foreign country, um, even though the format was familiar. The parts that I loved was getting a friendship with Keith Stevens, getting a friendship with Beth Bacall. The people that I met there um, was very meaningful to me. And then after a while, I was like, oh, Orlando was wooing me back. You know, they were wooing me back and and I was ready to go home. Um, Orlando felt like home. 
Um, so that's why I went back there and then ended up doing afternoons for almost five years. Really interesting. I, you know, so interesting. I understand that fish out of water thing, the New York thing a little bit. Um, I really feel like Lisa, that you might be somebody who would be a great mentor. So naturally I got to ask early on, did you have a mentor? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, there were, there were different people at churches that I looked up to different men and women, um, different preachers, different authors, Mm -hmm. and there were radio, mostly guys, you know, radio Mm -hmm. guys that I would look up to and try, but I had this thing, Lloyd, it's really what I've been healing of the last couple, three years of just being kind of a lone wolf. Um, and being kind of mavericky mm-hmm. uh, and and it really is in the last few years where I feel like I have developed more in having mentors and here I am I mean I'm in I'm in my 50s and it's really I would say in the last five years so I can't really pinpoint anybody and go that was my mentor yeah other than along the way maybe a therapist here or there pastors uh mm-hmm. authors um yeah little turnkeys here and there that put you mm-hmm. in special places and mm-hmm. made you think about things in a different way i get that mm-hmm. now look before we go any further can you share with us and, and this kind of goes back to the thing that i told you about the major market and iheart and we're going to flip a you know a christian station and ooh, you know it's going to be great sure it is uh can you share with us what is more difficult about being on Christian radio versus secular radio? Because, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are going to be in secular. And so this is very interesting. Oh, yeah, it's an interesting question. Do you know, I have not done secular radio since 1990. It's always been Christian. I did sit in the lobby of a country station in Durham for about two hours And I was uh, because I wanted to apply, but I just feel for lack of a better word, not to be super spiritual. I know it's kind of a Christian word, but I feel a calling on my life. I think a lot of people feel callings. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel a calling to Christian radio Um, ever since that day, you know, in Germany when I was praying. It was like Christian Mm -hmm. radio. And I've tried to leave. I've gotten fed up or tired or burned out. And uh, and God almost woos me back like this is what this is what you have to do, what I've called you to do, dear one. You've got to do what I've called you to do. I would say that Christian radio is interesting. I'll say this about Christian radio, because I do believe we need to use all the best radio techniques like we need to know how to do radio. It's radio. But along with it, uh, I'm not talking about religion or legalistic or mm-hmm. like a list of rights and wrongs. I'm talking about a relationship with God that you are able to experience and then articulate along with just talking about your dog or what you ate for dinner last night, like a radio person, you know, like in an authentic way. Yeah. Just being a real person, just like a great yeah. radio person is a real person, but then being able to, because I have a lot of friends who are Christians who are in secular radio and they, you know, they, sometimes they talk about God. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the PD is like, we don't want that on the air. Sometimes the PD is like, yeah, say whatever you sure. want, but there's such a freedom to articulate the experiences, um, the struggles, um, 
the encouragement of Christianity. So that's what I think makes it difference different. It's it's lifestyle plus. All right. So let's do this. How did you land the job with EMF broadcasting? Yes, EMF. Wow. What a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Caleb, Caleb and Air One. Um, so uh the man I was married to for 32 years, who I, I will refer to as Darren, because that's his name. Darren okay. took a job. <laughs> Darren, Darren took a job uh in just outside of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And so we moved, we up and moved in 2006. Uh-huh. And so I left the 88.3 and then I I was, you know, here's a little piece of the story. I I was pregnant. So I had our first child in Sacramento. Hey, look and at you. I know. Wow. God. Right. Um, yeah. And so uh, and then after he was born, um, long story short, I was able to meet David Pierce. I was able able to meet Mike Novak at the time who was. Um, helping to run K-Love. And I, I was just a fit. I was really vulnerable with them about all kinds of stuff that had been going on in my life and all the things. And they were welcoming, loving. They gave me a place to plug in my headphones and and shine and exist. I really enjoyed my time there, Lloyd. Um, I, you know, you talk a lot about, you said articulate and a couple other things. I always am like, communicating that Christianity, communicating that vulnerability, communicating that relationship. Uh, in 2007, you began doing afternoons for K-Love. Yeah. In 2009, something really familiar happened. You moved to mornings. <laughs> Was, and I, this is kind of an odd question because I always feel like 2007, 2009 is a marker for me with something and probably for you too. Was this a transitional period for you in terms of learning and impacting social media in addition to your on-air work? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember my Facebook page starting up then. I remember Mm -hmm. getting my first iPhone. and Right? I remember I I said yes to every friendship that came along. And before I knew it, I had 5,000 friends and I didn't even really know what I was doing, you know? Um, because Caleb is a national behemoth and absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So I moved from afternoons to mornings and simultaneously they, they asked, well, will you also move to Indianapolis from Sacramento? <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> so, so you're like, yeah, that's an easy decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the morning show then became a e- became East Coast, and for a national show, that made more sense because Indianapolis is Eastern time zone. Uh, but it was so hard to say no to. I was scared, um, and really was I was just so happy in afternoons. Uh, but then I had this conversation with Darren, who had read the book "Who Moved My Cheese." Good book. He said, what would you do if you weren't afraid, Lisa? What would you do if you weren't afraid? You got a coach. Look at you. I said, I would take the K-Love morning show and we'd move to Indianapolis. Let's go. You know, so we did. And that was that was a great experience. I got to work with Eric Allen and it was it was just interesting as all get out. I, I, I really appreciate appreciated working for David Pierce. I, I appreciated that time, but somewhere yeah. along the way, 
the trauma of the past mm. and some trauma that was developing in the current caught up with me. And it was in the end, it was panic attacks that got my attention because by that time we'd had a second child. I had two in diapers. I was running the Caleb morning show. Oh boy. I had my first panic attack when I answered the request line and this person was calling to let me know that they had just been diagnosed with cancer and they hadn't called their family yet, but they were calling us a call very familiar in Christian radio. Absolutely. I, and I, I started to feel my, my first panic attack and, and then they just kind of became very strong and long story short, I, I came to a point where I, after much thought and talking to lots of counselors, I came up with this sentence, Lloyd, and that was someone else can do the K-Love morning show. I want to be the mom of JD and Jesse. So to get myself healthy, I think I, what had happened is too much put, I, I know there's a radio person listening right now and you're like, you are singing my song, lady. Uh, too much adrenaline, too much pushing, too much adrenaline, too much pushing, pushing that I had like a cortisol build up in my brain and I needed to decompress. So we moved to Denver and I just kind of laid low for several months and got healthier. Um, I look back sometimes and I'm like, well, I wish I could have run with the big dogs and stayed at K-Love. But there was a man in the hallway, Sam Worthington. I think he was the CFO. He might still be the CFO at EMF, but he said, you will not regret this decision, Lisa, um, focusing on your kids. And he was right. I, I know for I, made, him. I made the right decision, but it was good for him. Harsh. Look, and I'll say this, you know, it, for people, who have, I, I, I always have this is going to be bad. So shields everyone. Um, <laughs> I always say, you know, you get advice from people who've never had children. I immediately discount that advice because once you have kids, that's such a big deal. And it changes who you are as a person. And I just applaud you for going, you know what I need? Who else is going to do this job? Nobody, right? Nobody else can do this job. All right. I like this next question so much because (laughs) your story expands again. And, And I have so much respect for learning development and people who do development well. You've done on-air fundraising for God's Radio Girl since 1990. If I understand that correctly, that's a commitment. Can you tell us about God's Radio Girl and what 33 plus years of fundraising looks like? <laughs> oh my right, word! Let me, let me let me let me just say that. Wow, wow. Uh, for, for sure, everywhere I worked was a non-for-profit Christian station, so we would do the fundraising. But then when I left EMF and came to Colorado, I officially made God's Radio Girl an LLC and immediately just began to figure out how to make money, you know, like mm-hmm. voice tracking, voice work, coaching, um, and, and then fundraising. Because, you know, a lot of stations, they bring in fundraisers to help. So for sure all my years in radio. And then as an independent contractor, since 11, I had been on the road uh, visiting radio stations all over the country and partnering with them to help articulate who they are to a person listening and being able to let the person listening come to terms with whether or not they want to support the station and then to pull the trigger and call 
is kind of an art form of radio. Yes. Um, with storytelling and um, oh, yes. just convincing, I don't know if convincing the right is the right word, but helping is a better word. Helping someone who loves the station um, do what they want to do, which is make a difference and, right. and kind of convincing them to do that right now. So I, I've been learning so much. I mean, even in the last six months, I've learned so much about fundraising in the storytelling space. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with some because I don't want to get ahead of where you're going to take us. But I, I work with some really smart people and I've been able to grow. So fundraising for me, and I've already pretty much made it kind of clear. I'm a Jesus freak. I love Jesus. So mm-hmm. for me, it's about preaching the gospel tr- with, with honesty and inviting people to partner with what God is doing in a non-manipulative, honest way. Yes. I, I have to tell you that, uh, in my time in Charlotte, North Carolina, I was very fortunate to go to a church called Calvary. And Dr. John Monroe is the pastor there, the lead pastor. And he, I, yeah, he used to be a lawyer over in Europe. And then one day he had this thing happen to him, which you'll call a calling. And he came home and told his wife, um, uh, we got to go to Dallas. And I'm going to go to seminary and I'm going to become a preacher. And as he says it, she was not singing from the choir. They had a very good <laughs> lifestyle. Uh, but of course, she is an amazing wife as well. But he does this thing about fundraising and development. And it's so amazing. People who can do that really well. Um, I think he is somebody that could be studied for sure. And maybe yourself, too, having done it for so long. Now we're going to get even a little bit more fun, at least for me, because we get to talk about one of my favorite subjects. I want to talk about the responsibility of coaching talent. Mm-hmm. How do you judge success as a talent coach yourself, Lisa? Hmm. Well, having this interview, it's like so overwhelming when you look at your whole life in a snapshot. Yes. so overwhelmed because all the things that have happened, you know, mm-hmm. everything in the past gets you to hear kind of you see how you got here, you know? Um, well, coaching for me is about loving people. Well, it's about cultivating health and good culture and then yes. giving people tools to, uh, to fly. Um, so, you know, for me, success to answer your question, success in coaching would be to have a relationship with someone where they trust you and you trust them because you're both trustworthy in the relationship. And so they're vulnerable and you, you help them see their next step. You encourage them, you, uh, you cheer for them. And then at some point they sprout wings and they fly away and you're just standing on the ground applauding as they go, you know? So it's about helping people become um, who they are to shine brightly, I guess. I, I know I'm really philosophical about it, but that's kind of how yeah. I get it. Well, listen, I, I wonder if you feel the same way about this. This is how I feel about it. I feel like there's so much more responsibility on the coach to build that trust than the talent. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And you know what I've had to become? Trustworthy. Yes. I've had oh. to become... I've had to become safe. You know, I've had to be a person right. like I, I look, I try to cultivate uh safety. Uh, like my, my life mission, you know, has the words that I will create safe places where people can 
heal and grow. And I have to look in the mirror and say, Lisa, are you safe? You know, am I genuinely safe? So I've had to do a lot of what I call soul work, which is kind of like therapy where I make sure that I'm not a charlatan or a backbiter Mm. or a gossiper or someone who's actually. Well, I don't think. Listen, I don't think you're any of those things. So I think that's an easy trip, but I'm so glad (laughs) you used the word safe, you know, because I think creating that safe space for the talent is so important. What makes a successful talent coach, Lisa? What makes a successful talent coach? Like, like I, I say, in I think almost every coaching session, I care about you more than I care about radio. There you go. A successful talent coach cares about the talent more than they care about their own personal success. Look, since 2011, you've been involved in talent coaching, helping Christian radio programmers. What do you enjoy about doing this? Everything. I love all of it. I love it. I love robust relationships with radio people. I love radio people. I was trying to explain it to somebody this week. I'm like, we're a breed. Radio oh, no people question. Are, we're a breed. You know, just the way radio people think and act. And, you know, I, I got to work this last week. I was in Monroe, Louisiana, helping with a fundraiser at 88.7 The Cross. And I met for the first time Lauren Kitchens, who does mornings. And I'm like, this is what a radio talent, you know, like, so, you know, ra- talent, talent are big. And I, 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 lo- I love working with PDs and being strategic, uh, figuring out where they want to go. I like being able to process their candid thoughts and and make them palatable and beneficial for talent. Um, yeah, because like, that connection is as important as the connection between the personalities and the radio brand. Yeah, the, the connection to the PD. Yes. Yes, and, I am a PD. And, I work for PDs. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I work for everybody. <laughs> so, all right. So, so, look, since 2016, you've been a syndicated radio host hosting Life with Lisa Williams. Wow. God stories. Give us the scoop. Yeah. Oh, wow. During one of the hardest times in my life, uh, someone who is a mentor to me, Paul Goldsmith from Goldsmith Media, he he challenged me to create um, a podcast. And then that became a syndicated show, which played on a lot of uh, stations in America. Um, And so, yeah, and then I, I ended up putting that to bed not too long ago because I wanted, you know, how focus is power and and when we want to really do well in something, sometimes we have to shed other things. Even if you love it. Even, I cried. I sat on my front porch with my son and I was yes. inconsolable. And he yes. said, Mama, why are you crying so hard? And I said, Every, this is how I look at life. It's, I'm so intense. This is why I have to medicate. Um, <laughs> I'm so intense. But I'm like, every break was like an offering to God, like a little like loaves and fishes, every break meant something. And I'd done thousands and thousands of breaks on this syndicated show over a six year period. So, um, yeah, so, so that kind of, I don't know, blessed me. It took care of me as I was going through my divorce. It's, it took care of my family. I, I really loved that syndicated show. It opened the door to more coaching and um, more fundraising. And then it, listen, 
eventually led to where I am now. It's so powerful to talk to you because you can just feel the passion Hmm. and and feel the mission and feel that you understand direction and that you're also being led. What is your favorite thing about Christian radio? And I'm going to throw this in here because we've talked about you in Missouri. We've talked about you in Sacramento. We've talked about you in Orlando, in uh, uh, Indianapolis and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we could just go <laughs> on. But what is it? Uh, what is your favorite thing about Christian radio and encouraging compelling content no matter where you are? Hmm. Hmm. I would say that if there is a God, then excuse me. If, if, if there is a God, then we should want to know what's going on with him. And yes. If there's a God, then, you know, I, I said this to him as a teenager, if you are, then I want to know what's up. And through my pursuing his face and seeking him, you know, you realize that people need hope and yes. people need enc encouragement. Yes. And people need to know they're not alone. Yes. Um, some 1400 uh, theologian in the 1400s wrote something. I can't remember their name. I just read it the other day. Like if we believed that we were not alone and we lived like we were not alone, it would change everything. So I believe Christian radio is like the fragrance of God. Like you're not alone. There's hope. There's encouragement. Dude, I mean, you could skin me alive. I'd be like, there's a God <laughs> because I have heard so many stories of people encountering him in the lowest moments, hearing from him through Christian radio, through a song, through something that was said, countless, countless stories. Um, I call them wow God stories, the true stories mm -hmm. that you can't deny. And Lisa, yeah. how about this one? How about uh, everything that is seen is not real and everything not seen is real. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, faith. Yeah. Believing. Uh, boy, I, you know, I think this is the toughest question because nobody can tell the future. <laughs> Nobody's in control of the future. But yet I'm stupid enough to ask this question every single week. This is the only question that I ask everybody. If you could chart half of it, what would you like to see the future of local radio be? Yeah. Well, um, I am, I'm really privileged to work for a network, um, Northwestern media right? and they own, they own 14 stations and they're growing. And so as their network talent coach, I feel this pulse. I feel like the heartbeat of radio in our country. Um, and so I see, and, and anyone listening who's in radio, I just, it's so it's such an intimate, beautiful medium. And I know oftentimes money can create where we it's less connected because we have to <laughs> homogenize everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so in, in our network connection, um, love being present. That's what I want, man. 
that's what I want. Like you kind of, you know, encapsulating my past makes me like so curious. Like I didn't know that I'd be here. So how do I know where we're all going to go? Uh, but I know that everything that has happened in the past has gotten us all to this moment in time. And I feel as if for me personally, what I want from radio is more stories, more connection, more intimacy, more authenticity so that people don't feel like they're alone. I mean, Lloyd, and- things can be so plastic and all about money. And it's almost like Christian or not. It's like, hey, wake up. Or impression management, fake, not real. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you just said a whole bunch of really powerful, amazing stuff. And at no point did you say live and local. And I'm, believe me, I'm a big proponent of the power of local and all that. But the power of radio is relational. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, like at Northwestern Media, we we have live people, amazing teams on the ground. It's not a syndicated product. It's empowering mm-hmm. local stations. But, you know, I, it's connection. It's about connection. It's about having people who know how to connect. Um, how lovely is it to connect with you? I got to tell you, I hope, I hope we do a lot of other stuff together. Lisa, I want to thank you for spending this time with us and being our guest. Oh, I'm smiling from ear to ear. It's been such a pleasure. You are so fun and cool. And I, I'm just very honored. So thank you. Thank you very much. So nice. Listen, please don't take for granted what we're doing here. Help us by sharing this episode directly from our website. We make it easy at rainmakerpathway.com. You just look on there. It says free blog section. Click on it. You can share with others who are interested in growing their career in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed really like the other 130 plus episodes already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. We want to thank our very special guest today, Lisa Williams. She's the the network talent coach for Northwestern Media. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly, as always, for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available moments after this live interview through our social media. And you can subscribe to our podcast on your smartphone. So just look it up. Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Of course, we say this all the time on our podcast. I say it to clients regularly, too. I'm not ashamed. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you have any question about this philosophy, please don't hesitate. Reach out to me personally. It is my passion to spread this philosophy all over the earth. And I would love to spend some time uh, sharing with you exactly what I mean by that. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything from this podcast episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now go make it a great week in local radio.